Welcome to the Lampoon Podcast. This is brought to you by our partners at Above and Bold Clothing. Go and check them out at, at Above and Bold on any of the social medias or over at their website. And look at all their cutting designs, clothing, and I'm too old to really be talking about fashion. But they sponsor us, so it's good. Hello and thank you for joining us once again for this week's Lampoon podcast. Our guest host this week is the always funny and beautiful comedy Jesus, Dan Stevens, the man of a thousand voices. And our guest this week is the very funny, very witty and extremely talented Capriella Hooper. I hope you'll enjoy the episode. And if you'd like to leave some comments, please do so and get in touch with us if you've got any ideas for further guests or any questions that you might want to ask us, we can answer on next week's podcast. Thank you. Hello, Dan. Hello, dude. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, man. Very well, dude. How's the old... Uh... How's the old leg? Yeah, it's yeah, it's doing all right. It um hasn't uh, really kicked in badly because the drugs are um constantly in the system. So hey, yeah. that's never that's never a problem, eh? Yeah, exactly. So, You're a very own six million dollar man, dude. I know, I know. <laughs> it's uh, well, I was now all the metal's taken out. Now I'm just like the scarred up Frankenstein. Oh, dude, I saw that picture of your leg. Didn't look, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it looked interesting. Let's just say that, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see what the cuts look like. I haven't seen it like completely. Oh, have you not taken the bandages off? No, I took the dressing off, but there's like, um, these like strips on it because it's dissolvable. Last year, there was staples, mm. this year, it's dissolvable stitches, so they have this like covering on them, which they just said to leave that and don't change that at all. Um, so I won't see that until next Friday. They're going to take it all off, and then it gets exposed to the air. Oh, dude. It's going to be like one of those old films where someone passes you the mirror, and you're like, what have you done to me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me look at myself. <laughs> yeah, oh, gonna... are you still there? Yeah, I'm still... can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, dude. I can hear you. Cool. What, when do you... Uh, what's your plan for this one? Are we just rolling from now, or...? No, when um when Cap joins, I'll do like the, uh, like the hello, this is us lot, and then that's mm-hmm. it. Roll it, we'll just crack on from there. Because what I discovered last week is having a play about with it, I can like just record little um nuggets of podcasts and attach it all to the same release, so I can do like a a proper intro. So I don't need to be doing too much, but I'll just do a hello everyone. This is Dan and Cap and Parks. Right off nice have you um, been finding all this um, recording business and stuff like that? You getting to grips with it? Yeah, this is quite easy. The anchor thing. I found it's. Um, I managed to get my head around because I am a massive tech tart, as we've discussed many times. Mm. Um, but yeah, having a play last week, I found it really um, like easy to use the anchor like little podcast thing. Yeah, I might even switch to it, dude, because I've been using Feedburner, but um looks so easy to use, like, just how it's so accessible. Like, the problem with me, I've got to do all this bullshit to try and, like, change pictures or do this or do that, like, 
Really? But yeah, uh, yeah I think it's uh, everything. Because I, I started bloody ages ago, so I've just been used to like, mate, I'm such a bloody Luddite when it comes to blooming technology. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, uh, I just do what I've been taught in the first place. I won't really adapt. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I've got no sort of that creativity that enables people to be able to do shit on technology. I just don't have that in me. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, I sort of mucks around with it. And, but like I say, I discovered that you can just record loads of different clips and just add it all to the same release. Mm. And I found, obviously, with um, with Anchor as well, you can, there's just a little menu at the bottom that said music. So I typed in, because obviously Marcus had introduced himself as like Shabberman. So <laughs> I, I looked it up and, and it gives you 30 seconds of almost any song. I was like typing a few of them in. And then you just add that and that goes in there and then you move it around to what sort of bit. I wouldn't be able oh, to... mate, like um, them in Instagram or whatever, you can put the music on. Yeah, well, I haven't worked out how to do it in Instagram, so that shows how bad I am. That I can do it oh, in mate, podcast. It's super easy to do that, yeah. No, I, I, listened to, um, I listened to one last week. I, listened to one of, I, did, I don't know if I can remember the music, though. It, right at the beginning. So it's in different... If you go, like, as you open up the podcast, if you just go straight into the Marcus interview, it won't be there because it's in, like, a different audio clip. Uh, okay. Uh, like, the whole thing. Cool, cool. Yeah, like you said, cool. But the um, yeah, it was it was dead easy. I wouldn't be able to midway through be able to like, edit out anything that had happened or anything like that. So I'm not that clever with it. But you can just run time. it run it through another program called Audacity, mate. It's all free. You know, give you all the all the all the wavelength. Like that's what I use. It's super super easy. And it's free, and it's like the, wow. I don't know if it's the best one out there, but it's like super accessible. Yeah. Um, so if you ever do want to cut bits and pieces out, you can just kind of go in there, clip them. Um, export to MP3, then just pop it back in Anchor, I should imagine. Yeah, cool. Right, I'll try that one. Right. Every day we're learning, mate. Every day we're learning. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm not one that likes to expand my horizons. We have these, um, uh, what are they called, leading the way meetings at work. Where, um... Hey. Oh, hello, Kat. Hello. Can you hear us? Hey, Gabriella. Yeah, yeah. do carry on your conversation. I just mean to... <laughs> <laughs> She's here in spirit. Mm. So I was drinking. Uh, <laughs> did she pop the uh, the microphone on or not? Oh, was it not on? <laughs> oh no, I can hear you. Can you hear her, Dan? Um, no, I can hear you I guys. Can't, unfortunately. Oh, that's weird. Um, can you hear her, Dan? Oh my... No, I know I can't hear her. Oh, I can hear mm. her. I can hear you, Cap. Um, weird. Should I leave and join back on? Yeah, join yeah, back Yeah, give me two minutes. I'll be back. Love it. We'll just keep all this in because it will just literally typify how bad I am at these things. And now... To... <coughs> oh, Cap, are you back? Yeah. Oh, <coughs> sorry. Sneezing. <laughs> and then Dan. <coughs> Bless you. Could you, you hear that, Dan? Yeah, you I might get a lot that. of those. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear that. Dan, your ear rolls. Thanks. Clear, cleared him out. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what is that? Hay fever, Capriella? Um, I don't really know. I'm kind of coming down with something. Uh, oh, God. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no, no. We've the already stages, so I don't want to start guessing yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not in this day and age. Trying to Are we recording? Are we going? So, yeah, we're live. I think we're live. Are we live? Oh, yeah, well, it, it records straight away. Oh, shit, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I'm, cool. yeah, I'm ill. We'll cut the sneeze out, no worries. <laughs> you can keep it in, you can keep it in if you want. Um, a bit of um, music. Kind yeah. Of. No. Yeah, I'm ill. It's not COVID. I feel like you have to kind of uh, reassure people <laughs> when oh, you man. say you're ill these days. <laughs> I forgot the other day and I sneezed in a shop and uh, everyone, I, like, I literally just forgot. <laughs> uh, I sneezed super hard Sneeze and everyone right. just looked at me and like moved away from me. Sneeze is right though because it's not a symptom. Like I was in Ikea the other day. I breathed in a bit of fluff from a carpet, started cough- coughing really bad and people were giving me the worst looks and I was actually scared. I was like, maybe I should leave. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, riots in Ikea. We have a situation on our hands. <laughs> Well, this is the time now where everybody's starting to fart to cover up a cough rather than the other way around, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, gee, dude. What do they say? It's all shits and giggles till somebody giggles and shits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Brilliant. Well, how's that going? This is um, obviously our, uh, our second podcast without Gav. So we've got new guest hosts in Dan Stevens. And um, and Caprella Hooper, new guest. So I'll do like Hello. a podcast at the beginning, but I won't cut any of this out because I don't know how. So all of this is now a part of it. <laughs> nice one, man. Good to join you, dude. One of the most obscure of my uh, comedy apostles, Craig. Excellent. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're in the Bible, but uh, you certainly weren't the Last Supper, man, that's for sure. <laughs> Probably Dan, Dan Domino's, I should imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I actually see, like Craig, your um, your Instagram stories of the food you cook is insane. <laughs> yeah, I always look at it. I'm like, oh, what's Craig cooking? Say, <laughs> it's been funny because um, I never really cooked that much um when I was at home because I'd always be out of work and the the missus would be at home, you know, proper homestead where she was uh looking after the baby. So I never got a chance to cook, but I've always loved cooking. And then moving in here, my the mate I've moved in with, he never really cooked. He had the same dinner like every night because he lived on his own. So he'd just have like chicken and rice. And there's like a whole cupboard full of Uncle Ben's rice. Um, <laughs> you can't call it Uncle Ben anymore, I don't think, mate. Say again? I don't think we're calling it Uncle Ben anymore. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no. <laughs> Microwavable rice. There you go. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh yeah and so we just got some cookbooks and started cooking i was we've there's been some disasters obviously the ones that go on in so the ones at work what so you, when did you actually start cooking for the very first time like solo Re- just recently yeah yeah like um well when i moved in here really is when i really got into oh dude the... yeah that looks well impressive for someone that's just started recently i'm very yeah. good at instructions I think as I've gotten older, I've realised that I should have joined the military. <laughs> I just like, yeah, I can blindly follow instructions perfectly fine. It's when I'm left to my own devices and my, like, my mind kicks in and takes me off in weird and wonderful directions where I likely poison myself. But just following a step-by-step <laughs> instruction, I'm, I'm perfectly capable. Do you not get impatient? I always get impatient. Just think, oh, I have to turn it up a little bit and cook it quicker. Yeah, Apparently, well, that's not that's not the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if I knew what I was doing better, if I knew I could get away by doing that, but because I don't know what I'm doing, I'll follow everything like to the left. Oh, mate, I wish I had that. Uh, I wish I had that kind of uh, vision. I can't do it. I just check everything together and see how it goes. Yeah, no, I can't. 
at all. Like I uh, like when everyone was like mid lockdown, everyone started baking. Uh, I tried making some brownies, and I thought, how hard is it to bake Australian brownies? <laughs> Within like pre mix as well, it said like just add water and egg, and it was <laughs> honestly, it was disgusting. It was it was vile. <laughs> really, <laughs> like, it was fuck up pre mix brownies. That is <laughs> it was something awful. special. <laughs> It was, it was literally, and Martha Stewart was fucking cringing wherever she was. It was disgusting. And, uh, Probably in jail somewhere, I should yeah. imagine, Martha Stewart. I gave some to my brother, and I was like, oh, like, because you eat, you eat anything. And I was just like, do you want to try what brown is? And he was like, oh, yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> I was like, you don't have to spare my feelings, mate. I don't really care. I'm a grown woman. And he was like, yeah, that's but, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you were secretly a little bit upset, I should imagine. I always am. <laughs> if, I, if I tried I to get something. I just wanted a oh, gooey dude. brownie. Uh, it was not gooey. I tried <laughs> to cook six cookies over, um, like six cookies. Like you say, pre-made mix. I, I put them all in the oven. It turned out as one super cookie. Just a giant slab <laughs> of cookie. But did it taste <laughs> good? It tasted great. I don't think I cooked it properly. Again, it was a it was an issue of me. I think rushing it into turning up a bit longer. But uh, you know, it's all sugar. It's all, it goes down the same way at the end of the day, doesn't it? <laughs> you can't you can't rush baked goods. That's, yeah, that's what you, you can't rush baked goods. You can rush normal food, but not baked goods. Yeah, baking's scientific, innit? You got to get it. You can't just be like, oh, just throw a bit of flour in and a bit of. You got to be. It's got to all be properly measured and timed, and everything's got to be right. That's what I've discovered. Oh, aren't we good at talking about baking? I know. Check us out. <laughs> us hardened comedians. <laughs> drugs and baking. Really yeah, good, man. Although I've had over the, um, sort of during the lockdown, I have a source on edibles now. And, um, <laughs> no, let me guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've had a, I've had a few different sort of brownies, Rocky Road, mints, uh, orange, like, uh, of these edibles and that. And, I've quite enjoyed them, to be honest. I'm not one really for smoking it so much because I just don't smoke anymore. That's sort of gone out the window. But the edibles have really like piqued my interest. <laughs> You're just getting high as a kite, eating loads of cookies and stuff like that. That's good wholesome getting stoned, I think, eating like edibles, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. It doesn't feel as bad, does it, when you go, oh, I've eaten like half a tin of brownie. You go, but I am It's better for you. You're right with it. Yeah. Because it's just, there's just smoking, which is bad for you. If you're eating it, then it's not really that bad for you. Apart I'd from rather, uh, calories, but... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. I'd rather eat a uh, cookie than slam a giant bong, that's for sure. I don't think I, <laughs> I can handle that shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I remember growing up and they used to make the, like, the homemade bongs with the, used to cut the top off a really big bottle uh, and then put that in a bucket of water. Yeah, yeah, a bucket or a lung or whatever. It's, it's a bucket, yeah. that one, isn't it? Oh, oh, it you have like a massive elastic thing and then you pull it and then it's just like... It... That's a lung, yeah. Lung. You, you sell a tape, a plastic bag. Someone explained that to me before. And I was just like, I've, I've never seen that. Like, I've been around a lot of weed smokers in my time, but I've never seen that. That sounds insane. Yeah, it's one of those at the party where someone has a... When someone's bringing the lung out, you're thinking, oh, come on, mate. Go, <laughs> like, yeah. I smoke if I can join you. Come on, like, mate. No, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, yeah, no, don't believe them. Yeah. Although I was talking to a chap this afternoon. He was like, yeah, I used to do um, buckets out the bath when I was sitting in it. <laughs> I was like, fair, fair yeah. enough. Cool. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, and it turns the water like proper minging as well, so that's not great. Oh, dude, oh. certainly not. <laughs> there was always one like mad knobhead at a party who'd drink the bong water. Oh, mate, I was talking about this earlier. This, that, I think for me, is like, that's the worst thing you can do. Like, I guess the equivalent for people that, you know, don't hang around bongs is just drinking a can and someone's put a cigarette out in it. That's worse. That yeah. is so much oh, I've never dude. done that. But when I see that in films, that is like one of my biggest fears. Oh, it's Actually, the I worst. Probably I probably have done that. I, I, I'm gross. I probably have at some point. But like, <laughs> drinking bong water actually sounds lovely compared to put a little umbrella oh. in there. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that video on the internet. Uh, they pass this girl a bong and she thinks it's like uh, a drink they're passing her. She just yeah. downs the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough. You're quite up on your memes, Capriella, aren't you? You're quite into uh, internet law. Yeah, I love memes. Well, I did this thing last year, like when I finished Fringe. I was like, oh, wow, Fringe is over. Life's back to normality, which is shit. <laughs> and I was like, I want to kind of keep this kind of fun going. So I was trying to do like make a meme every day. So I was make, nice. I'd, I'd make a meme and I'd upload a meme every day. And this was end of August. And I got to Halloween and I had a really big party. Uh, and then I forgot to do it. I forgot to upload. <laughs> So I wrote a status and I was like, guys, I'm really sorry. I forgot it. It's been like a long, however many days. Thank you for the support. And I had like 50 crying reacts where people were actually <laughs> sad that no one was no longer going to upload memes anymore. <laughs> You've actually got a guy, I've noticed, Cap, there's a fella called Meme God, something Meme God. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my boyfriend. <laughs> oh, excellent. I'm glad I was polite about him. <laughs> it's a fun, yeah, well, it's, you could be mean as you want. It's um, a funny story, really, because he, because we like memes, he changed his name on Facebook to Meme God because he thought it was really funny and he thought he could take the piss. And because he knew it would annoy me as well. <laughs> and it, when you change your name on Facebook, you have you can't change it back for six months. It locks itself. <laughs> so he's now stuck with that. <laughs> Every day he's paying the price. <laughs> so it's funny. <laughs> Oh gosh, it's uh... worked because I've noticed it. Obviously, on every status <laughs> that you've put, I've noticed him because it says "meme god." So I've noticed it. <laughs> it's funny. Well, I don't know if it's funny. I think it's funny because I think he's cute. <laughs> it's probably not very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Before they were, they ask him an interview for a job. They're like, "Yeah, we tried to find you on Facebook, but all we could yeah. find was meme god." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's well, me. Yeah, that's um... me. <laughs> He's in the um, he's in the army and he just got back from tour. Like, I haven't seen him for six months, so it's not called well, Tyrone. Well, is he? Take, take time out to uh, to come on the podcast thing. So I imagine you're busy if you ain't seen him. <laughs> <for six months. laughs> you might do. Actually, I don't know. He'd, uh, he he's so he's such a mean god. I think he actually might be too good for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are too good for this podcast. I'm surprised I got you two on here. To be honest. Oh, mate, you know, we're all bailing out the water, you know, we're, 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 we're here to help. My history, my history of podcasts aren't very, actually, I used to run a podcast, it was, it was, it was interesting, it was, uh, it was called I'm Not Jennifer Aniston, and it was me and my friend who did a half an hour of just talking shy, and then uh, we it, it was about, we do like a five, five minute thing about where we talk about which friend's character is in the news this week. It was just really odd. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> that died a death, <laughs> as most podcasts do. <laughs> how many? Uh, how many episodes of that did you do, Caprilla? I think we did about ten. 
but we filmed it as well so we'd record it and then we'd film it and then we'd edit it in a way that like we'd have little pop-ups and whatever we're talking about we show photos and it would go on youtube and spotify and i think that's why we got caught up because it, it became more than a podcast it wasn't just a podcast anymore it became our life so <laughs> we got work, a bit distracted yeah. yeah yeah it's definitely a lot more effort than i put into this <laughs> podcast <laughs> Yeah, it's like, funny, it's man. It's more just like a conversation. It's fun. You don't have to actually be the person to do it. The um, Talking to podcasts, how was your appearance on the Reckless Comedy podcast? I know Kim likes to listen to our podcast, and we do share a lot of guests. So what was your experiences? Did you like it? I found it really oh, funny. It was lovely. <laughs> it was really good. No, I'm, joking, it's all right. I'm not thinking of this. No, it was really good. Uh, uh, his, his host, Ashley, is really lovely. Um. He's very offensive. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, oh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was good fun. It was all when all the drama was kicking off. Yeah. So it was it was, it was a hard one. I was like, I want to talk about the drama. And he was like, I don't want to talk about the drama. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, this is going to be good. And then, and then like midway through, he completely threw a curveball and was like, well, my dad fucked a pig. And I think it was my mom. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> This is taking yeah. a turn. This is what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, I saw that you put something about that in that group message, and uh, all I could see uh, uh, after you put something on Facebook, Capriello, was your mum. I think it was your mum commenting underneath saying, "I listened and I really enjoyed it," and I was like, "Blimey!" I think you're talking about pig, <laughs> no, pig, no. pig fucking in there. <laughs> I don't tell me. My, my parents are really like supportive. Like I don't really tell them about anything I do. They just if I share it on Facebook. They're on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> and they were both sharing it. They were both sharing it to their Facebook. It's like, everyone watch this. Our Capriella's done something again. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I probably should have told them. Maybe not this one. <laughs> yeah, just skip skip a bit in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, great Nana Hooper listening to the host <laughs> 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 oh, I don't know. They probably didn't listen to the whole thing because it's a bit of a commitment. <laughs> and then I guess no one's really got anything to do. <laughs> it was funny though. I've, um, I guess lockdown's kind of over now. Yeah. I got I got in touch with him afterwards. I was like, mate, you need to write this like irreverent stuff that you that you talk about when you just sort of try and spill some stuff. That is that's what you should be doing for your comedy. Just talking about that because that was funny. If you did it in your way, like ranting, that would be hilarious. So I think he's going to try and yeah write some bits around that, which was quite good. But um. Yeah, it was, and then there was you had the question round, which was quite funny. Which was basically a load of questions from Callum that you just batted back with. That's a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> just a yeah. Well, way. it was. I the problem was I did look at the questions before I went on, so I knew who asked what question, and I think uh, I don't even know what Callum said. I know one of them was B about BDSM. Yeah, um, and then one of them was about Nick. Uh, Nick Jones and Vicky, how do you feel about them having sex? Because obviously they're like yeah. mum and dad. But um, I tried to throw one in there to sort of direct it towards your material. So I was like... Oh like, yeah, like some of that Tyrone yeah. one. But then they, both of them didn't know what that was. Obviously Ashley didn't have a clue. And they were like, who's Tyrone? What's Tyrone? Yeah. And I was like, well basically my song's about trashing men and uh, that's kind of my thing. And Ashley was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I've just made myself out to be a fucking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of my genuine, like, one of my favourite songs that you do. Um, so I, I didn't yeah. know if that would might like lead um, Kim down the road of, oh, if you want to 
go on, sing us a song, Gabriella, and do this. And then I thought, oh, at least it would be a chance for you to do it. And he was just like, who the fuck's yeah. Tyrone? What's he done to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, who's this guy? Find I him. Did, that, that was like a long, I did to explain who, what that song was and who he was. It was quite a long explanation. <laughs> I love the part in that. It's that song I think you say just to just to kind of tip. You don't mind me saying this, do you? On uh, so just to kind of tip if you if you want to get the insurance paid out slash three tires rather than four. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good. Like, it's yeah. so good. Like as an aside, it's such a good aside. Uh, it's a great song. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's funny because I, I did that. At, um, uh, what's the what's the gig called? Um, in Portsmouth, the one with the the venues like really fancy. Like there's loads of like sofas and it's really cozy you know uh <laughs> is, is it the king's one upstairs no not that one no. around the corner oh um the um oh the emporium the emporium yeah that one i did i did that in there and there was like there's some women behind the bar and it's about four four women behind the bar and um i, I started doing it or whatever and they were absolutely killing it and one of and then, and I went over to them after they gave me a free drink and they were like oh my god that's so funny so relatable and then one of them added me on Facebook <laughs> and then I came back for a gig like a couple months later and they were like oh my god we remember you you got that song oh I can't wait for you to go on and I was just like oh thanks. perfect <laughs> cool, that, that yeah, that was really nice. did you start yeah, doing well, the music stuff before you so... did the comedy stuff or was it kind of like natural uh, progression. Uh, Stand up came first. Uh, I did. I start. I tried stand up when I was like sixteen, but because I couldn't gig at sixteen because I wasn't allowed in anywhere, uh, I had to kind of wait to eighteen. But then I did. Me, I think it's my ex played guitar, so we wrote a song that I thought was really funny. But I can't play now because the chords are too complex, <laughs> so I can't actually do it. And then I, I tried it, and then just for a bit of fun, really. And then I did a uni module of comedy of musical comedy. And then uh, wrote a couple of songs. And then I was like, actually, this is really fun. So I just kept going and then wrote songs that were suitable for stage. I think it's quite a cool thing, uh, mm. especially in stand-up, because I, I know quite a lot of comedians that do the kind of songs, but I think they really they really grab the attention of the audience, you know, where the mind can wander sometimes yeah. over a 10-minute set. Like, um, But I think with songs, it's kind of, you know, you, you're almost you are listening to it straight away. Like, I think it's really cool. Like, uh, I think I know that you, I know, I don't know if you had Nathan Ramsden Lock, who does that one about a potato or something. Like, it's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just got, it's, it's something quite fun about a song like that. You can, you know. Yeah. Cause you, um, talking about the uni stuff, Cap, you did the comedy course in Winchester. Is that right? Yeah. Cause we had, uh, Tiz White on a couple of weeks back and, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Tiz was uh, two, two years above me, I think. Yeah. Um, me and Tiz, we've been like chatting since then, and she knew you were coming on, and she sort of said, "Oh, ask her," because um, one of the things that she discussed was doing her coursework piece. She did like a video or a sketch or something with a friend of hers, and her lecturer or the lecturer, um, Richard. Yeah, he was. He was. He had some really odd suggestions, and one of his suggestions was like why don't you try and get your friends to dress up in a gimp suit and why don't you film <laughs> them doing that? She was, she was like, oh, this is a bit strange. He was weird. Yeah, she it was, thing, it, it, was, it was annoying because it was like, it was a bit comedy supposed to be subjective and it was like, 
here's a comedy course, but the only way you're going to pass now is if this 60-year-old man finds you funny. Because mm. it was, like, his decision. And I did not do very well. But then my problem was, is I was like, I'm not selling out. I'm going to do what <laughs> I think's funny. But then a lot of people were like, we're just going to write what he thinks is funny. But- and I think by third year, I finally accepted that. But, like, first year, I was just like, nope, I'm sticking to my sticking to my roots. <laughs> does make it kind of tough, though. He loved my... Yeah. my he loved my dick pics on though. It was really funny. Like I sang it to him, and I was really worried because I was like, "Oh no, he's gonna he's gonna hate this. He's just really rude." And he was like, "That was brilliant. I really enjoyed that." <laughs> I bet he did. <laughs> Sounds like a right pervert, this dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say to me once? I was like writing my dissertation because for my dissertation I had to perform stand up, and he was like. Um, have you ever seen Fleabag? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, you should do something like that. I was watching it the other day and she was like masturbating underneath the duvet on the first scene. And I thought, wow, that's just incredible. And I was just like, <laughs> right, okay. I'm not going to do that for my dissertation, Richard. Oh my that's God, okay. That's so bad. <laughs> that's, that is mental, isn't it? Because how old are you, Cap? You're like, it was what, 18, 19? 20. Of course, you're 20 now, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 20 now. Uh, yeah, that's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah, I would have been like 19. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. I don't think it was from a perverted kind of way. I think he's just a bit... Realise like, exactly how it's coming over. Yeah. Know, man. Talk, talking about gimp suits, talking about this, talking about that. You know, I think it's... Yeah. Uh... I think you might be giving him a bit too much credit. <laughs> I think he definitely knew what he was talking about. <laughs> oh, jeez. And what was the... You did quite well. You got re- your result, didn't you, Cap? Does that come through now? Yeah, so uh, I got a two-one overall, which I'm very happy with. Um, I got, I got a first in my dissertation, which I'm, I'm, I'm most happy about because that was, that was stand up. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, it's quite important for me, I guess, as a comedian, to get a first because we did, um, what was it? We did a stand up module in second year where you just you have to do a ten minutes set, yeah. and I didn't, I didn't do too well. Like I literally, I got like, I got like one of the lowest grades what? in the course. Yeah, and I was really pissed off because I was like, "This is what I do. This is my thing." <laughs> but like, I didn't do, mu- I didn't do music. I just did ten minutes of normal stand up, and I I couldn't do that now. I don't think I could do that. Really? So without music? Yeah, I just well, yeah, I just uh, the, I like the music. I I'm, I'm when I'm on stage, I'm like really excited to start a song. So to be able to just stand up for ten minutes talking, I'd feel like something was missing. Oh wow! But the um. Because obviously I've seen you. I think Dan's obviously seen you. I've seen you a few times, and your stand-up's very. Like, it is funny. It, you know the stuff that you talk about. Is funny. Um, Thanks. It, it, it is good. It's like dead clever. I, Dan, are you musical? I'm not musical in any way. Oh mate, uh, basically my musical career goes like this. I wanted to play the saxophone when I was a kid, and my mum and dad were like, "Well, that's great. We'll get you a clarinet." And uh, <laughs> so I played the clarinet for about a year, and I was like, "Well, this is the saxophone." And uh, yeah, gave it up pretty swiftly, man. It's still a lot somewhere, I should imagine. But yeah, mate, mu- musically, not at all, dude. And I'm always quite envious when I see Cap, which is up there with a the guitar. Like for me, playing the guitar is one thing. Yeah, kudos to you. Playing the guitar and singing at the same time—that's like solving a Rubik's cube. Like un- at the bottom of the ocean, do you know what I mean? It's just I can't do it. My head doesn't work that way. Well, I only taught my I taught myself how to play guitar when I was like sixteen, seventeen. It wasn't even that long ago. Because I'm very basic. Like I can do 
the chords. I can't do bar chords. My hands are too little. <laughs> <laughs> I've had like there's a there's a, a musical comedian on the Bristol scene who's brilliant. Like, but his his main job is is teaching guitar and he's literally he's incredible and i went i saw him and i was like can you teach me how to do a bar chord like because i'm i'm just it's, it's annoying me i can't do it i've even got a half size guitar my guitar is for children and i was like can you help me and he was just like okay here we go and he was like trying to teach me and i was just it wasn't going and he was like right if i do this any longer i am going to have to charge you <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to play the guitar. My hands are notoriously small, though. I don't know what that what that means, but uh, <laughs> it's so hard. The first thing Carrie's nan said when she saw me is like, "Oh, and you got small hands." Oh. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Nice to meet you. I'm Dan again. Yes, I do have small small hands." No, I'm baby hands, Dan. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't start something, Gabriella, because that won't go away. <laughs> I think I think something started. I think I think that's the thing now. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, people like baby face or your baby. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Something is definitely started. It does give you the added advantage of having the optical illusion when you're stood at the urinals, though. So I was always like, God, oh, Dan's well hung, but now I know it's just, it's <laughs> yeah. just more That's it, bro. It's just like a baby holding a hose. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so came, came off a lot creepier than I intended to <laughs> anyway so comedy eh <laughs> yeah is it still half this comedy a thing anymore uh, comedy died I hope so. oh are you guys um, are you guys doing the south coast comedian of the year thing no I'm not doing it I think Craig you're doing it aren't you I yeah well I stood in for somebody I, I sort of came uh got called up last minute and went and did it and then didn't even play for oh, damn it. a complete fix okay. complete, complete fix. fix it was two people wasn't it and then sometimes a wild card yeah yeah it was the two that went through yeah. I was definitely funny and everyone there right? they were just jealous so <laughs> uh, well I'm annoyed that I didn't get to do I, I was because I did it last year right. and it was so unfair. It was really unfair, actually, because it was there was eight people in the audience. Four people were one person's mate. Oh, four no. people were another person's mate. What two people do you think yeah. got through to the fucking city? It was just annoying. I, I, don't, I don't think I did good because I didn't do any music then. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to explain all my past bad gigs <laughs> on no music. But I was just like, I, I didn't do well. I don't think I deserved to place. But there was a couple people that were really good that really deserved to get through. And it was really hard to watch them not get through. Ah. <laughs> but then, yeah, so I'm Heat 4, which is 2nd of September. I've accepted it, but I've just got given a job in Bristol, so I'm going to try very hard to run over as quickly as I can. <laughs> oh, that must be tricky, because you were... Because I need to prove a point. Weren't you based in Winchester beforehand? Now you're back <laughs> in old, old Bristol. Yeah. yeah. I'm back in Bristol, but they accepted me in the heat, so they have to keep me. Yeah, they've got to keep me now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. I think I can get a train from Bristol straight to Portsmouth. You can, and it's yeah. like two, two hours. I have uh, two and a half, maybe. I've got an email from the. I think it's the So You Think You're Funny competition. Any of you guys done that one? No. Uh, that's a good one. I can't because you have to be doing it for a certain amount of time. I've gone over the time limit. Uh, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was the thing. So they were like. Oh, you've only, I think you have to have done like or less than 10 gigs, I think it is. So, yeah. um, 
yeah. Uh, and, and they sent an email and obviously it was like the pandemic's kicking in, so it's all going to be put back. And I, I said, well, obviously I'll, I'll have done more gigs by then. And they were like, that's fine. That's like better. You do as many gigs as you can now. You're accepted at the time when you hadn't. So yeah. it's fine. But I think that's like October over at London. A gilded balloon or something. Have you done it, Dan? No, no, I've heard of it, dude. You say only you, you've got to do under 10 gigs. Is that it? Yeah. When you apply, when you apply, oh, yeah, right. it's a difficult one because when you've done your first couple gigs, you're not thinking about that. All you're thinking about is an open mic. So it's really, you need to know people for them to tell you this is happening. But so many brilliant people have won it because I did a presentation on it as well because I went to the um, the finals at Edinburgh Fringe in the Gilded Balloon and I went to the after party because my, my friend got us tickets to the after party and it's a it's a kind of a big deal. But then it's difficult because it's like whoever wins is not. Like it's brilliant. They're always brilliant comics, but they're not haven't been going for that long. Yeah. So it's all quite fresh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. And it's like the um there's almost two prizes because if you if you get through to the final, like Cap said, you get taken to the Edinburgh fringe where it like the final gets done. And then if you win that, you get taken to the Montreal Festival, I think it is. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was and again, like Cap's right, it was a it was a friend of mine who came up to me after, like, like a gig and was just like, you need to apply for this, you need to do it now, otherwise you're going to be, yeah. you know, um, you won't be able to go for it. So, and that came out of the blue, because I'd forgotten all about it, because you sort of apply and then you, you sort of have to wait, and obviously they go through loads of people. But, um, yeah. yeah, so... I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like, do 10 gigs or less, do they check? Because I've done so many competitions in the past where they're like, oh, yeah, you need to be amateur. Like, you can't be signed, you can't be a pro, you can't be basically getting paid. And I go there, and there's comedians on stage who have have a, a manager and are signed to an agency. Of course they win, and then it's just annoyed yeah. all the time. It doesn't seem very fair, does it? That's, I was thinking, what's to stop people being like, yeah, I've only done uh, 10 gigs. Uh, you know, when you're just an unnamed <laughs> gig to like 100 times, you know. Yeah, that's it. They can't be anyway. Because they didn't yeah. check. Yeah, but like, like Cap said, no one in their right mind after the first couple of gigs is thinking, I reckon I could do that. Um, you know, all you're thinking is <laughs> just get on stage and just just get through it. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter if nobody I laughs. Think, just get through it. Like. Yeah, I think the people, the people who are telling the truth, who genuinely have done under 10 gigs, probably have like a very strong theatre background. Mm, yeah, I that. should imagine so. I think if, you just, if you're just someone who just one day went to the pub and was like, oh, I could do that. I don't think you'll be doing anything funny in, 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 after your second gig. Do you know what I mean? I think it's just, it's a rig. Not that I want to show off, <laughs> but uh, that's literally just described exactly what happened to me. One <laughs> <laughs> thing is, maybe maybe you might you might win if the rest of us. The problem is as well is I know if I did it now and I wasn't eligible and I got through, <laughs> I know so many people would come out and be like. She's lying. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we definitely would. Oh, yeah. She's done 11 gigs. I saw her at 11. <laughs> Do you, oh, man. Like, like, going right the way back to when you were talking earlier, and you said you you wanted to be a stand-up, you tried stand-up at 16. How, how did yeah. a 16-year-old, like, suddenly say, oh, I want to be a stand-up? Well, not suddenly, but how do you... What made you think you could be a stand-up or you want to be a stand-up? Well, I did performing arts at A-level and uh, my A-level teacher, he was just like, he was the best. Like, he was just so supportive. Like, he was great. And we did, for one of our modules, it was a variety show, like a talent show kind of thing. 
and everyone was doing like monologues and songs for musical theater and i was just like i can't do that i can't sing i can't act <laughs> bearing in mind i'm doing performing on a level and i was asking what to do and i was like oh i kind of like i kind of like stand up but then i didn't understand it at 16 i was like oh i'll just take someone else's set and i'll just perform it because <laughs> i didn't really get it like it wasn't to do stand up it was just to perform yeah. and he was like oh if you do that why don't you just like write a set write five minutes of comedy and then do it and i was like okay and i did it and then after that he forced me to do an open mic wow and then after that uh he, um, that was in bristol uh, one that doesn't run anymore, actually. But yeah, he forced me to do it again. And then it became the problem of I wasn't old enough to go in the venues. Yeah. So I either had to lie. I either had to lie or just not do it. And then I waited till 18, which is annoying because if I could go back now, I would have lied a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> I would have like, yeah, gotten a fake ID. Cause then, yeah, because imagine how good I would have been if I was from 16 oh, you to 18. Been are you one of those people that looked like um, looked old at sixteen, or you were, were you like me, where I looked like you remember the famous five or something like? I looked so you yeah. younger than sixteen. Al Capone, <laughs> didn't you? I mean, I was going to say, have you not seen me? I'm five. <laughs> yeah, foot. True, true, I did. I look like a child. I got I got ID'd for an energy drink the other day, and <laughs> like I, I understand it might be challenge twenty five, but I, I gave her my ID, and she looked me up and down like I was a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just want some energy. <laughs> What's your joke about your height? How do you describe your height? Oh, it's amazing. Oh, um, five subways long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We're, we're talking the six-inch ones as well. I don't know. Subways are always crumb. Subways are gross. I was talking about subways today, actually. Because, um, yeah, so I was saying my boyfriend's back from tour. Because I haven't seen him for six months. And he's back from tour and he was on the phone and he was like, oh, I'm really hungry. And he was like, I haven't had like, I haven't had like British fast food in ages. What should I get? And I was like, oh, maybe like, I'm vegetarian, by the way, as well. I'm just very nice. I was like, oh, maybe like KFC. I know you like KFC. And he was like, oh, what about Subway? And I was like, if you get Subway, I'm leaving you. That's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't like Subway, I love Subway. Oh, mate. If you you like a wet sandwich, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, (laughs) and I love. Sounds like dog. The dude wears gloves, but he's touching everything. Like, yeah, he's touching so everything, dude. Yeah, you might as well just use your hands, bud. <laughs> like, there's absolutely no point. It's just a gesture at this point, you know. And no, I'm with you, Caps. Uh, Subway's low on my scale, you know. What would you say was top though if you I go with fast food? Um, probably McDonald's because yeah. I'm, I'm vegetarian. But well, they do a, a vegan burger in KFC, and they do a they do a vegan burger in Burger King. I haven't tried the Burger have King you, one yet, though. Yeah, have you read the small print on the vegan burger advert for burgers? Yeah. Yeah, it's just cooked on the same yeah. grill as the burgers. <laughs> I'm vegetarian. I am vegetarian, but I'm not... I'm not... You're not militant about that's, it. Like, I'm not crazy about Because I, I did used to eat meat. The, my, the point for me is that I don't want to eat it. But if it's prepared in the same places, I'm not... I'm not that overly kind of annoying about as, it as long as it's not because the whole deal yeah. yeah like if i had a burger and like or like if i had a piece of food and i could see a chunk of meat in it then i'd be a bit annoyed <laughs> but if it was if it was just i don't know i'm not that fussy if i can't see it then i don't really care <laughs> that's so bad <laughs> are you into these new impossible burgers you know the uh the, like you say the vegan ones i've never had one they look really interesting though it's honestly, I went to Beef Eater the other day, and obviously, when you go to a place called Beef Eater, I'm like very skeptical <laughs> whether I can eat or not. 
and they had a vegan burger and it looked horrible like it would look disgusting and i but i took a bite of it and it was cracking it really was it was really nice it tastes like a real burger and i was like this is like i actually nearly cried a little bit and i was like this is really this is a big day for me this is, this is a really big day. <laughs> it's interesting because it was like the, one of the first it's like the first time i've eaten out since lockdown as well and i, I like I'm, I'm i like going out for a meal i like it so it was just really nice beefy it did not let me down Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you went to Beef Eater for your first meal out. That's so, so like... I'm staying at my brother's at the moment. Like uh, I stayed here for lockdown and like that's they live in uh, Western and that's like their place. That's where they go because they do uh, unlimited chips. Oh, it's like, You solid. can have as many chips as you want. Enough said. We're yeah. down. I, I... Yeah, I'd never, yeah, I'd never leave. <laughs> <laughs> give them a run for their money yeah, yeah i mean like breakfast it would go all the way through just like i'll have unlimited chips for breakfast and then just snack all day <laughs> crazy just be like how See, do I'm i get a job worst. here yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm the worst for like um what is it like all you can eat i'm the worst person for that i have one plate and i'm like oh that's enough i can't and I don't like desserts either, so it's just a waste of time. Oh. You end up paying 15 quid for eating about four pounds worth of food. <laughs> oh, I... I've got a, a friend of mine and his, his wife, and they are like all-you-can-eat experts. And they took me to like a Chinese <laughs> like a Chinese buffet, all-you-can-eat. And I'm piling everything on my plate, all the like sweet and sour and the curry and everything like all on one plate. And they're like, you're doing it all wrong, you fucking amateur. <laughs> <Go up. laughs> you, have your, you have your few starters, you sit down, you eat your starters, you go back up, you have more starters if you want. Or then you go into the mains and you have a little bit and you eat it like different meals each time. And I was like, that's clever. And they ate like a little bit of everything, which is exactly what you should do when you've got all you can eat. That's exactly true. I like when you go to an all you can eat with somebody and they go and get some rice and you're like, oh, Dear Lord. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're an amateur. I'm guilty for getting chips. I am guilty for, for getting chips. Like, I'll put a plate. I don't know. It's hard, though, because vegetarian, again, like, there's not much you can really get. Because I miss it. Because I remember I used to go to Zaza Bazaar. Do you know what Zaza Bazaar is? I think so. Is uh, that just person? It's kind of, it's it's a bazaar, really. It's bazaar, it's food, <laughs> it's loads of food. It's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> and they do the best chicken nuggets. Like, the best chicken nuggets. Like, better than McDonald's chicken nuggets. And I feel very strongly about chicken nuggets. And they're really good. And I obviously can't eat them. Oh, okay, right. Sorry. Yeah, chicken nuggets. Do you want to know what a chicken nugget is? (laughs) (laughs) How uncultured. How uncultured. Uh, How How do you not know what a chicken nugget is? I don't know how much meat they got in Craig, to be honest with you, bro. But uh, I've got to admit, there's nothing. A share of 20 20 nug nugs from McDonald's is is never a bad thing. Unless you're obviously... I eat that. As I, that's the food I eat on my walk home from McDonald's and carry <laughs> my Big Mac and chips. <laughs> I get, to, I, I, I used to get to about fifteen nuggets, and then I'd probably struggle. Uh yeah, I try and share them with KJ, but she's just like, it, it, you know, there's no sharing involved. I give her like two, <laughs> and I've eaten yeah. eighteen nuggets, and I just sit there <laughs> full of. Uh, I usually have a nice little double. Before the nugs, like you do, Craig, I do a double cheeseburger entree. You know, get that, get you know, get get, get the passages <laughs> open, get get the gut working, and then it's time for the quarter pounder, which is. But enough McDonald's talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it was like at the I get the veggie burger and it's not as fun to talk about, but it's nice. I like the mozzarella sticks, actually. Yeah, can we stop talking about yeah, food, yeah, actually? Yeah, yeah, I'm just not. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to ask you was the name of your dissertation, because his is 
her um, she did her dissertation on whether women are funny in comedy, which I thought was like quite controversial as a woman. Oh, well, tears. Yeah, that was Tiz's one. What was your uh, yeah. what was your dissertation? So I did a half an hour of stand up. Uh, created a show and then I had to do like a 2000 word essay about it and my show was called Capriella Hooper Life and Other Disappointments <laughs> um, I never got to perform it because of Covid I had to film it in my front room with a camera and send it in which is annoying but um, it was like I had like a PowerPoint I had all my songs in it uh, thing is I, I, I obviously I wrote all the songs first and then kind of wrote the show around it um, and I came up with the name Life and Other Disappointments after just hearing about my own life. <laughs> <laughs> it was good fun, though. I might might still do it eventually. Because it must have been quite weird. You kind of like, because this is your fin- the end of your third year, wasn't it? Is that, am yeah. I right? And kind of finishing that under like um, such kind of circumstances like this must have been. Do you feel a bit robbed from it? Like, uh, you know, I. It's, it's quite odd. Like, I don't know, because we were doing exams and stuff bit. and whatnot. You, you kind of, like, you've never had the proper yeah. ending of it, you know? Yeah, well, we had two, two, two performances I had to do, so I would have done that. It was nice because I had, like, a whole... It was, like, the, the theatre in, in, the, in the uni. I had that booked out. Like, I had my tech booked. Everything was ready. Like, it would have been fun. And I had mm. loads of... I had, like, I made an event, and I had about... I probably had about 40 people that said they were going to come, and I was like, it would have been... It just would have been a, a fun experience. Um, and then I had another module where we were doing, it's like collaborative. So we had to like uh, get into a group and create a bit of theatre. And we created a, a musical, <laughs> like a, um, what's it called? Like um, a murder mystery musical. Oh, nice. And it was really, cool. it was really sweet. It was, it was really, it was good. Like it was, it, I'm not saying good, good, but like it was fun. It was very us. And like as the comedy course. And we did also, that's the one I'm kind of sad we didn't get to do. Because that would have been fun. Are you hoping to? Uh, I know you said the other one. You might you might try and do again. Are you hoping to try and do that one at some point in the future? Or maybe I don't know. Because everyone lives everyone lives all over the country. So yeah, that's a shame. We'll see I'm probably the furthest away actually, <laughs> which I'm not even that far away. They're all like London. Most people are from London actually in Winchester. <laughs> so not really over the country then, just in London. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, but like so far away. All like you know, like different parts of London. Actually, no, someone's from Norfolk or Suffolk or something. London's oh, actually that. quite well he connected. Whole... Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, we... Well, he, he made a joke about having twelve toes, and he said, "Yeah, Suffolk." He was like, he made a joke in his stand-up thing. He said, "I've got twelve toes, and I'm inbred." And I was like, "That's Norfolk, <laughs> <laughs> not Suffolk." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We um obviously we caught up uh, last week I think it was wasn't it Capriella or the week before um, yeah. and we were chatting about life after uni and whether comedy is going to be that career that you're after is that still because you you were sort of saying didn't really know then what's happening just looking to do any old job for the minute oh yeah I um I had a job interview Monday and Tuesday. Um, and I got both of them actually, so I picked the better one. <laughs> oh, well done. Uh, yeah, like uh, so, it's just it's customer service, but it's 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 proper cushy. Like it's nice. It's like a nice office job where it's like really urban and like everyone's really cool, <laughs> dressed cash in the office. Everyone's friends, so it's just really nice uh, to kind of I guess start this. And it's good because I'm in the centre of Bristol as well, which means I can still gig as much as I can. 
which is the hard part because I think a lot of the, my, my what I was scared of is like finding a job and then not having this time to gig anymore so because I mm. you know, depending on hours because you just never know it could be unpredictable got, so you never know the rest of us now aren't you Kat where you actually have to have like a normal yeah but that's my problem because i was because i was at uni i had so much spare time (laughs) so going from those from loads of spare time to a lot of less spare time i need to actually put it into my calendar to make because it's very important plus going three months without doing it either it's become the norm now just not kicking (laughs) yeah Mm. or not doing anything has become the norm it's really strange isn't it even like the last just for me and i'm always doing something in the last week having been off work with the the leg op and just i've not left the bed and that's been odd i've watched tons of tv like just completed series left right and center and i'm completed porn yeah, hub. Yeah. Like, it's completely done yeah i'm searching things now just in a random hope something comes up i'm like oh see what happens or you know it's just been strange piggy bank there's some weird like searches just to watch whatever comes up surprise myself but um, <laughs> it's, been, it's quite difficult, but, you know, power through. Yeah, there's, a, there's another toilet paper shortage at your, at your house <laughs> <Yeah>. again, is there? <laughs> I actually managed to never suffer from the whole toilet paper thing. I, like, I, I kept, when I was at uni for the, the when it, I think it all started when I was at uni, and my housemate came back from work, and she just had, like, she was part of the problem, because she had, like, loads of toilet paper, and I was like, why are you, do- you're now part of the problem, we are now part of the problem by doing this, and she, but then she gave, she gave loads away to her friends to make herself feel better, and then I came, and then I, I did lock down at my sister's, she did the same thing, she had loads of toilet paper, I said, again, you're the problem, and then I came to my brother's, and by the time I got to my brother's, everyone stopped bulk buying. So I never actually really suffered from the whole sort of thing. See, all I'm hearing there, Capriella, is people assume you take a lot of shits and they've just bulk buy. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. Does that not feel? Does that not feel like years ago? Yeah. The whole thing. Like, do you remember um, the, the, the first speech from Boris when he was like, um, like I'm saying now, you need to say it's like, I, I can't do it with Boris, but like, <laughs> whatever, whatever he said, he said something, no one really knows exactly what he said, but they not, had the news not, afterwards, which was not, very helpful. Not the don't go outside, go inside, go to work, don't go, not that one, because I remember that one, that was a lot, that was after, that was so funny, that was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> Did you see like Matt impression of it as well? What's that? Hey, Matt Lucas, so you go. No, I was just like, Matt Lucas did an impression of it, which is really funny. <laughs> yeah, that was a really great impression. Yeah. I, I do a loose one, Craig. It's very loose. Please, uh, please, it, please it, give, give us a show. It's, uh, all I can say is, I have been obviously talking to the EU. Uh, <laughs> that's, about, that's about as far as I get. <laughs> that's, pretty good. that's pretty good. See? Did you oh, know man, that Dan had these skills, Cap? I, I didn't. I, I just thought you looked like Jesus. I thought that was your thing. <laughs> I've been practicing this morning, Craig, actually, on the way into Nottingham when you texted me uh, super, super early. Yeah. I was I was practicing my Northern Irish accent to, to see how it goes. It's, it's kind of yeah, there. Please. Do you want to hear it? Yes. I've gone down to the city centre to get myself a knickerbocker <laughs> glory. <laughs> That's really good. I like that. 
I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no. I'm a, I'm a bit of a stickler <laughs> it comes to How about this? I, I thought Sinn Féin was a real person. <laughs> that's pretty good. It sounds like um, the one from Girls Aloud that's inaudible. Nadine. All of them? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sarah Paul's annoying. What's she like? She's like, Simon. No, I'm not even going to try it. It's harder than you think, like, isn't it? Like, like little... No, I'm not even going to no, do it. I'm not going to embarrass my things. <laughs> I've always liked the joke. Yeah, it, it's, it's hard. The, uh, the, Northern, the Northern Irish magician. And he's like, uh, do you want me to show you a trick? I'll make your whole fucking family disappear. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear dude I love it such a cool accent mate I stuck with the um, I went over to deliver something in Belfast one day and um, you got to share like a cabin with a dude and uh, it was a super old Northern Irish dude who drove lorries he's like did you say your name's Don or Don <laughs> I was like uh, well neither neither actually mate <laughs> he's like I tell you what, Don, I don't understand your accent. I said, well, it makes fucking two of us, dude. <laughs> like, uh, no idea what you're saying. But uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was doing at four o'clock in this morning when I was driving up the road, just saying, like, neck or back or glory. <laughs> that was... I was like, if, the, uh, if people knew, dude. Uh, yeah, anyway. You text back so quickly this morning, it caught me off guard because I'm, like, awake all through the night and stuff at the minute and like doing loads of writing or, or texting people random stuff and then you text me back and it threw me completely because I was like screwed up like, <laughs> definitely in the morning I was like have I slept through to the afternoon is it like four in the afternoon <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm awake too uh, I'm always awake and I'm like in the morning and I just can't sleep anymore yeah that's uni yeah that's it yeah got no concept <laughs> of time because there's no pressures on you to do anything it's like whenever I have something to do I'm like, it's never at the right time. Like, because today, obviously, I wasn't feeling well. So I, I, I fell asleep and I've been asleep because I woke up about five o'clock in the morning and went to sleep about a normal time. And then I was just like, I had a nap. And then I, I it was seven o'clock and I was like, shit, I've got to do this podcast. And I was like, I wish the podcast was at five o'clock this morning when I was full of energy and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. Hey, chap, did you have a nap this afternoon, did you? Yeah. It's, it's, I had a nap when I got back from Nottingham today, and I'm I, I'm not I wasn't too sure about it before. I'm pro adult napping. Yeah. It's um, good. It's good. It was three hours though, so I don't know if it's a nap or just a well, sleep. Yeah, that's, that's three yeah, hours. That's four nights sleep for me. Three hours. That's literally. Yeah, Dan, how long was your nap? What's an adult? Uh, it, it was around about an hour and 45, which is prime time napping <laughs> time, isn't it? You know, if we that's think about good. it, it that's really hard is. Yeah. Any yeah. Less than, to be fair, have you ever had like a power nap for 20 minutes? Yeah. You feel so good afterwards. Yeah. That is a good, but then it's really hard. You've got to like force yourself awake. But once you're like yeah. awake, you're like, that was good. But then you've got to be strong. You've got to be strong minded to actually open your eyes. <laughs> I still do that. And now. I'm not, it's not really good. Really <laughs> like at work. It's like society's not really geared up for it. They, they scientists are like, yeah, basically what you should be doing is having like uh, five micro naps a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't know how we'd get, get, get doing that. I think they did something that, like that you know? in Japan though, didn't they? They have like napping stations. Oh, they do all sorts in Japan oh, yeah. these days, Craig. 
Yeah, just buy like <laughs> underwear out of a vending machine. <laughs> yeah. Is that a real thing? I've always heard that. Is that actually a real thing? Yeah, they're big for the vending machines out there. Yeah, love a bovril. Oh, really? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if they do or not. <laughs> I just know that you get both for a lot of vending machines. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a stereotype, to be honest, Cap. I have no basis of facts. It's just something I've heard. Right. I blame okay. the internet. What? I blame the internet. That's Wait, where what I heard did you it hear? from. What did you hear? Uh, what, the, the, the vending machine? The vending machine, Sorry, it's just yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I've known. I, I just think I don't remember where I've heard that, but like I know I've been reminded of that on multiple occasions. Yeah. That, like dirty old fucking uh, Jap- Japanese men are just really gross. <laughs> they are perverts. They are weird over there. I know that they like they fuzz out the pubes in their porn and stuff. It's a really odd. Yeah. Why fuzz them out? Why not just shave them off? Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a real strange one because they're pretty hairless, aren't they? The Japanese as a as a race, anyway. So <laughs> they're, they're not a hairy race, no. the Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, by the way, to all our Japanese <laughs> listeners. Uh, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we don't know much about your culture, but we're willing yeah, to learn. Feel free to write in and educate us if we've got any. <laughs> yeah, we can't read wrong. Japanese though, so we're pretty fucked. <laughs> I can count ten in Japanese. Go on then. Go on then. Uh, Itchni, Sanshi, Goldrook, Sitch, Hetch, Kuju. Oh, yeah. You're like the uh, karate yeah. kid. Yeah, that's where I learned from karate. <laughs> when we were when we kids. Oh, okay. Uh, doing karate. Is that, that isn't it? Oh, wait, no. I'm thinking of the remake. The remake was China, wasn't it? Cause... Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what was it? Jack, Jackie Chan and Will Smith's yeah. son. I liked that. I really like that film because I, 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 yeah, but... I did watch that before the original, I'll be honest. But then I watched the original and I was like, you know what? He's not Jaden Smith. <laughs> <laughs> what? Daniel say you want to watch uh, The Karate Kid 2 where he goes to yeah, Japan. That's a good one. It's exactly the same as the first one, no, no, but in no. Japan. And then the third one is a girl, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's what's her name? Hilary Swank, Academy Award winner. Oh, yeah. Really? What's it called? Karate it's called, Girl? Yeah, it's called Karate Kid 3. Three, like, something about a girl. I don't think it's called something about a girl. Something <laughs> about a girl. It's <laughs> <laughs> the Karate Kid 3. I want to be inclusive. <laughs> yeah. The, the non-specific gendered Karate yeah. Kid. Yeah. And it really starts to scrape the barrel on storylines on that one. Mm. Yeah, they get locked in an arcade at night and there's a spooky ghost. It's a bit like Scooby-Doo, but uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> oh, talking about Jaden Smith, have you heard about all the stuff that's been going on with Will Smith and his wife? Yeah, well... Oh, it's so I mean, sad. Yeah, I haven't read I too much really in. Well, I think that Will Smith's just um, super in love with uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Jada Pinkett Smith obviously isn't as much in love with Will Smith as he thinks that she is. Right. Right. It re- reeks of that, doesn't it? I'm just hearing so many stories. Anyway, yeah, but you don't like, you, you don't go and like you do that to somebody, do you? If you've been the love of their life, but she she didn't she wasn't she involved with Tupac um, back yeah. in the 90s? Yeah, yeah, but then apparently they were just friends. Yeah, they were just friends, weren't they? Because Will Smith came out about that and said he he was dead jealous, but he now realizes that they were just friends. But I think that was like. Sex, sexy yeah. friends. So that's a couple of months after he's given that interview about how much he trusted and loved her and, you know, believes her now about um, Tupac. And then she comes out and went, oh, I was banging my son's friend. 
like 30 years. My but it's sad because they were just like, they were a power couple, weren't they? Like everyone kind of, they were just one of those couples that everyone thought was going to be. Oh, and also Kim and Kanye are getting a divorce, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and he's... I think Kanye needs some very serious yeah. help, dude. I don't know if you watched that thing the other day. Well, because he did, he, he ran, he, he was running for president. Apparently, he's pulled out now. Not like he needed to, but he pulled out. And then, um, yeah, and then Kim did like a statement because he did. He said that like he was trying to, he's been trying to leave her for years, and he was really mad at her, or whatever. And she did a statement and was like, "I'm now going to start the, the legal process." Which is really annoying because they they've got little kids and I don't know that. But yeah, like, but he that that rally or whatever it was he was at where he started crying was going like having an episode that that just didn't it was so strange. Um, that whole setup is weird. What's happening there? He's not well. Didn't he drop on? But he's not well. But didn't he also on Twitter the other day drop a load of track listings and then delete it very quickly? Like this is a very clever ploy for like doing a new album. Like, um, I don't know, but it looks like a guy off his beds, to be honest with you. Like, um, yeah, yeah, but I think it, he says that it, um, by by taking his meds was stifling his creativity, so he, he doesn't want to go on them. But it's like, dude, you know, I don't like look at the the evidence is quite clear, yeah. dude. You know, I think he just needs help, yeah. And it's it shows how fickle the bloody Kardashians are to just be like, well, I'm divorcing him rather than actually helping you, helping it's, a guy out. You know, it's difficult when you've got that big of a platform as well it's just gonna make your illness worse he needs to kind of disappear out of the public eye for a little bit but yeah. again it's it's difficult though isn't it we've all oh, i don't know about you cap obviously being a, a bit younger but like being older <laughs> having gone through like terrible breakups or issues and that and then having gone out had a few drinks been like crying at the end of a bar and like you know sort of sobbing to the kebab man and uh, all that sort of stuff, <laughs> getting into a fight and stuff, and just like get angry. Like these things like happen. People go through these things, but when you're when you're followed by like hundreds of millions of people, it's just blown up into this this massive thing. Like he might have just had a Barney with Kim, and been like, I just I happened know. to have this big speech about being a president, you know, presidential candidate, but I'm breaking down as I do it. Yeah. But I think she cares so much about her appearance and her public kind of her in the public eye that she would leave him over her losing her fame. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. She's she's. Uh, I think it's um it's a strange time because like most most of the people growing up now, like you know back in the olden days before all this kind of stuff was going on, most the like, olden parents days. and kids. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Most kids <laughs> and parents like experiences were fairly similar. But now it's like the parents have no idea what all this internet stuff is and social media and whatnot. They can't really guide their kids on how to use it. Like we're like the, the 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 first kind of generation to really get in touch with social media and stuff like that. Or your your generation, I guess, caps. Yeah, well, so it's hard I, for like um. Yeah, I think Facebook came around when I was like ten, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah. um, <laughs> I got it straight away. I remember getting it. I thought it was really cool. I was the coolest <laughs> kid in my class. Um, yeah, but like I never, I didn't have like a smartphone because all my, some of my friends had smartphones from a very young age and they really should not have had smartphones. I think I got my first smartphone when I was like, maybe like 15 and that was such a big deal. And I see two year olds now with iPads and I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) I think my first phone was a BT Cellnet C18 or whatever. And uh, you could send a text for 5p and it had like a horoscope on there. (laughs) And I thought it was the fucking shit. I was How like, old? Yeah, I, just old you, Dan. Uh, I think I was about 13, 14, I yeah. think. Like, um, my parents were dead against it. I don't, you'll never know why. 
it's like no we you know we don't want to contact you all the time wherever you're at it's like but yeah. um it was exciting. no it was amazing man. Like, it was like you what you put 10 pound credit on it's 25p a text if you want to call you don't call unless it's after seven on a sunday or something like that well, text, <laughs> nobody texts when they when they first come out so i was 18 when i got my first phone when phones were just starting to come out which is terrible and it was like a nokia somewhere over had snake on it um and yeah nobody nobody ever texts you just called people all the time it texting wasn't a thing and it only came about sort of much later down the line um I can't remember. There was a there was a reason why texting became a thing, um, but yeah, you used to have to pay for everything. It's yeah. it's crazy, isn't it? It's uh, Craig. I always envisaged you as a as more of a flip phone guy. Do you have a I flip did. phone? Yeah, I had a Motorola <laughs> Motorola phone. You were dramatic with it as well. Sorry, like when someone annoyed you, you were like ah, flip back, <laughs> like hang up by flipping it. Yeah, you'd open it. Oh, it's so satisfying. And like pull the pull the um pull the aerial out and then you'd close it on your chip. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, opening up a flip flame, flip you uh, you feel like Rod Stewart. <laughs> yeah, flip flame. You honestly you feel like Rod Stewart, man. It was yeah. so cool. But uh... well, I remember. Do you remember <sighs> the Matrix? Remember them phones? Oh, mate, did yeah. you have one of those? Yeah, no way. Have you seen the Matrix cap? I haven't. <laughs> but um, well, like I say, Matrix flip, uh, Matrix click phone is cooler than riding a bicycle with yeah. no hands. That's the coolest thing you can oh, have. Wow, uh, okay, very cool. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you actually have no. those, Craig. I thought they were just like, you know, myth. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's the equivalent of riding a unicorn into a pub. That's how cool you were, and you were just like, dying uh, on the You could like get your phone out. It had the Matrix ringtone, and then. Just... Push a little button and it like popped out down the bottom and you go, yeah, hello. And it didn't matter who had like it. a little picture, pixelated version of the Matrix written on your screen. Do you remember you could order those like the screensavers? Oh, sorry, Cap, we're taking, we're taking a trip down memory lane here. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. before you were born, clearly. <laughs> yeah. I, I took a left at the people. present and we're dead at that memory lane. When I always said this to people when people were like, um, like, how old are you? And I'm like, well... I don't remember nine eleven. Wow! Yeah. Like, wow! That's mental. Do you, I, um... do you remember Funhouse on ITV, Capriella? No, that's not the blobby thing, is it? That's not. No, no, that's, that's not Edmund's house party, <laughs> which wow. was also class. <laughs> yeah, which is amazing. Ah, <laughs> oh, we go back that memory lane again. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's fine. I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Drawing it back into uh, back into comedy and about Capriella because this is your your episode, Cap. Um, the obviously me and Dan have done a lot of the the gigs locally, like Portsmouth and Southampton and things. You were in Winchester for a while, so you've done a lot round here. You did off the rails and all those ones. Do you have a particular yeah. venue when you were like, "This is I really like this one. This is like home turf almost." Oh right, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> is that not then? Um, <laughs> I guess in Bristol, there's quite there's loads of gigs in Bristol. I think that, like I said, that that gig, the first one I ever I ever did, that was Crofter's comedy in Bristol, and that was that was like when I started comedy, that was the only one in Bristol. Like, if you wanted, that was the only gig you could do, and that was it was such a big deal, but it it, it shut down recently. 
and like I, I get it it would have been that one yeah. it's not I also run a gig I wouldn't even say mine would be I do like my gig but it's it's quite um it's never that recent so I can't really I don't know honestly I don't really have <laughs> that's really bad is it let me think don't have a favorite place where you go oh I love doing a gig there it's so nice if I have I, I haven't really been in Bristol that much I was mostly in Winchester, and I. Um, I'd probably say um, uh, this new act. So it's like Alex Kitson runs a gig in Bristol, and it's just it's it's good because it's mostly students, and you will always have a good gig. Every, the audience is always really nice. I think that is my probably my favorite one. Lovely. Yeah, that's my favorite one. This new act, give him a shout out, or the next new act. Then, yeah, that's the one. Having done sort of so many gigs local and around, and all those sorts of things. What um, is there a particular comic that you have like been on a bill with or seen and you've gone, I like them. And when you see them, you're excited to see them. Is there like a local comic that you go, oh, I like them. Well, in Bristol or oh, Winchester, just in any of the circuits around here, like round South, obviously. Um, um, so like anyone at the dolphin that you've seen or um, Matt Rose basically anywhere, like any, any comedian that you've seen, you've got, yeah. I like them. Uh, in, in Bristol, I have to give a shout out to Mark Herman. He's really funny. He's uh, he's from Western as well, actually. Um, he's every time every time I see him, he's just brilliant. He's just so funny. Um, I, I can't even. It's just it's kind of older man problems, and he's just he just he just kills the room always. Always kills the room. He's really good in Bristol. Um, in the southeast, uh, I'd say Dan as well. Uh, not just because you're on the podcast, but you're always fun. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Like hey, we weren't fishing for that, but I'll, I'll take it every day. <laughs> no, when you're hosting the Kings, like you're really good with the room. Like when you're on stage, it's all energy, and I, I appreciate energy. Yeah, um, my MC guru, Dan. I will be. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's just uh, it's, it's just nice to uh, uh, man. It's just it's just nice to meet so many cool comedians that come up to these things. That's half the reason why I think we all do it, because it's nice to uh, you know, it's nice to hang out with uh, some like-minded friends. Yeah. And yeah, it's nice, isn't it? It's kind of it's the social side of it, than anything else. Yeah, we've had this. Um, well, I was talking last week. I think we've all spoken about it as well with the um, with the whole like Me Too movement that seems to have now crept into comedy like yeah. so much later than it had in like the other industries where it was all sort of coming about. Comedy now seems to be getting a beating about it. Um, so I wanted to ask about your experiences, Cap, and. You know, if you've ever felt, you know, that you weren't treated respectfully or, or right by any particular or any particular times, or have you found it quite opening and, and supportive? I've never in the comedy circuit ever been in a situation where anyone's ever been uh, weird to me. Actually, I guess there's sometimes I can get creepy messages, I guess, from comedians. Oh. But then I get creepy messages from everyone every day, so I feel like that's not really. <laughs> I've I've never had a bad experience. I think the only time I've ever had a bad experience is when I when I went to Fringe once. I was working for someone's show, but he's not a comedian. He did a kids show, and he was a bit weird, like to a point where I was actually like mm. uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So the stuff, comedians are fine. It's a. Uh, the, other the kids show <laughs> children's entertainers yeah. <laughs> you gotta watch out for him jimmy savile what do we say you know watch out for those guys yeah. <laughs> yeah like i've never really had a bad experience but i'm 
um, I can very much see why people have. I think I'm kind of okay in Bristol because I started quite young. People still see me as really young. So I think I get quite, no one's, no one's really weird to me because a lot of the women look out for me. So I don't think people would try it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you must know a lot of, a lot of acts now that all kind of like uh, look after everyone. I like to think everyone looks after each other, but it's, it's so saddening to hear these stories. We think, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got in, in Bristol all the women comedian. We've got um, a group called the Fanny Pack, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and it's everyone's really nice. There's like a couple hundred, is like Southwest comedians, and if anything happened, you'd probably share your story on there, and then you've then got two hundred women on your back on your side. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's. I think it's good that people are coming out and talking about it because I think for a long period of time there was a lot of men on the circuit. But it's not just men as well. I guess women could do it too. It's people with power in the circuit. Yeah. They think because they've got this kind of oh I, I run a gig I I um I'm important I I can now basically talk to people and who however I want and I don't think it's just about being gross to women I, I think it's more about just talking to people in general they just think that mm. oh I'm good I'm I'm funny and I'm successful I can talk to people like dog shit but no you can't because you will get outed on a comedy forum and people <laughs> will hate you <laughs> and you will get removed as admin <laughs> oh yeah there's been a bit of that isn't there the um on the old forums and again it, it was well, it made me laugh like I I don't really know Simon Kane I think I've gigged with him a couple of times but he he says on the comedy for on the comedy collective, he's like, no one's allowed to do any self promotion. No, so if anyone posts any podcast, you're going to get deleted. Every Monday, he will post his podcast on there and then pin it to the page. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's why I'm glad he got removed as admin because little things like that really bug me. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think that's um, I think that a lot of it comes from and you know, Dan, we've spoken a few times now about different things like this, and I've been thinking about it, and it seems to be where one person owns something completely, and therefore, mm. like, dictates, and that's one of the one of the pitfalls I'm trying to avoid with what we're doing with the Lampoon, where I've tried to, like, bring in loads of different people, and mm. feel like, oh, what do we think about this type of thing, and not be like, right, I'm gonna do this, and it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks or cares, I sort of try to, you know, we've got a group, obviously. More, more of an open forum, yeah. isn't it? You know, like a rather, you know, dictated shit. But it's, uh, it's, it's funny though. You're absolutely right, Cap. Some of these guys, they've just got like one night somewhere and they suddenly think they're like the bloody Aga Khan or something and they can yeah. get whatever they want at the drop of a hat. It's just, you know, guy, well, turn it down, dude. Like, I try, thing is, I, I try and be really lovely to everyone. That's kind of like, I, I feel like I'm a polite person. And that's why I really like, like the southeast circuit because everyone in the southeast circuit is so lovely like when i kind of did like the dolphin and stuff like straight away everyone kind of was like oh we're all a group now we're all friends and it was just really nice i'm not saying bristol isn't like that it's just bristol there's so many more comedians it's a bit clunky like there's enough people mm. where there's not as many comedians in the south coast it's like there's where there's that's one everyone's one big click because there's not as many people <laughs> That's yeah. That's exactly what I'd like to think of it. It's just a, one big click rather than a load of separate ones because everyone knows each other. And why not be good to each other when you can? You know, it doesn't make any sense otherwise. Yeah, it's pretty. I really like. I miss it. Like, <laughs> there was a point where I was actually debating moving to that area long term because of the comedy circuit. Because I was like, I'm gonna miss this because it's so nice. Yeah. Well, you're always welcome, Cap. You get yourself down here. You wanna move back? I will. Yes, I can. I got friends that live there, obviously. So. I'll still gig though, as much as I can. <laughs> but that's the thing we in 
Portsmouth now, Dan, you know better than anyone. There's there's like a hell of a circuit, isn't there? There's so many oh man, points. it's just come from it, it's uh, yeah, it's good. It's, it's expanded over the last kind of like year year and a half, I guess. Like I know this all always was kind of before, but it seems to just kind of exploded all over the city at the moment. Just uh, it's testament to I think uh, you know I like to think people come and have a good time. And if you, if you go to a comedy show and have a good time, people think, well, maybe I'll give it a go, you know? So yeah. you've got all these guys trying their hand and it's a, it's a cool environment, you know? I don't think there's any better environment than just coming out, not expecting to laugh, and then somebody makes you laugh, dude. <laughs> like, I think it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think, the crazy thing about me is obviously because I started at 16, I didn't really understand the whole comedy thing. Like, I, I literally didn't really get, I didn't even know that people gigged. And I, so I never got to experience as an adult going to a comedy show and sitting and watching it like I was performing before I ever saw it do you know what I mean like oh, did wow. you guys ever go to a comedy gig and then and com- like a co- before you started comedy did you go into like an open mic and watch it I did actually I went to a lady around the city just because I was so worried about like I thought last time about anxiety I was so worried about performing I was like I just want to see other people's stuff so I know mm. that I'm not absolutely mental you know <laughs> it's good to do um, sometimes you can go to an open mic and sometimes it can be some people can be horrible <laughs> like not a nasty way but like, obviously in the beginning so it's kind of nice to see that people are like at your level <laughs> like you can yeah. see someone because obviously at the beginning you're never going to be great are you so it's good to see that other people are the same <laughs> on my on my first one it was at the anything funny at the point and um mm-hmm. the, it, it's been run in a particular room at the point have you guys done the point before yeah uh, i think i did do very well i don't think i think it's like my third or fourth gig i was I like i'm so nervous dude is that the one um in the the big thing in portsmouth no, no, that it's the Eastley Arts yeah, Centre, the Point um, Theatre in Eastley. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. I've done that, but I've done that as Biscuit Barrel, not as stand up, no. Okay, and uh, did you do it Sorry, in little in the smaller room? It's like got the pillars up in the room. Yeah, so yeah. that that is how it's mm. it's always sort of run. And then the one time of my first ever gig, that was being refurbed, and they run it in the actual theatre. So no way. I was Amazing. on the stage. They'd put chairs and tables around just on the stage, but then that many people could then get in. There was like sixty people. It's still the biggest gig I've ever done with audience members. <laughs> there was that many there, and there was uh, like Nick Jones and Ben McLaughlin were were all there. Um, and the first guy that got up, so I was on second, and I'd been writing with the guys for a couple of weeks before that. Um, and Rich, the guy who runs it, was like, right, I'm going to put you on second. Um, you can watch the first guy go up. You can see what happens. This is what you do, and I'll give you a bit of a nod when your time's up and you get off. I was like, okay. And I was like panicking, having a few beers. And the bloke that got up, um, I won't mention him because he, it was his first gig, and he's now sort of improving and getting up. But he stood there, and he, he basically he bombed, but he blanked. And he mm-hmm. he had this like Casio watch. And he was like, oh, I bought this watch. It was like £10. And uh, um, I bought it from the shop. And, and they said to me, this is a watch that the 9-11 terrorists used. And I was like, oh, that's a funny setup. And then um, that was almost like the last coherent thing he said. And, and he oh, just sorry. sort of almost died and mumbled for a little bit. And then he sort of just sloped off. It wasn't even like, thank you very much. He just kind of went, oh, really, I'm, I'm doing terribly. And he, he just walked off. Who was it? It was it. I can't. I don't want to name him because he's actually. Do we know them, Craig? Uh, Simon Mustard is his name. 
don't know who is. Yeah. Uh, I think he's done a bit of yes. Dolphin before, hasn't he? Yeah, so he's yeah, persevered yeah, yeah. and he's improved. But, um, yeah, so I was like, and my mate was with me. Um, it's a guy I live with now, actually, and he was like, you're going to fucking smash this. If you just talk for five minutes, you'll look better. And I was like, yeah, no, it'll be fine. <laughs> Go up there. And I, and I just did it. And again, just I rehearsed. It was probably the best set I've ever done because I'd rehearse, rehearse, rehearse every day. I knew everything I had to say. Um, it wasn't very good material, but I remembered it all. Um, <laughs> I sort of came off and then I was like panicking. And I was like, oh, thank God that's done. And almost like walked straight into the arms of Ben McLaughlin, who was like, come here. That was very good. You've got good. And he's sort of giving this massive pep talk. And I've loved Ben ever since for it. Because it was like. I love Ben. Yeah. Ben is so yeah, He's such a lovely dude, isn't he? And it was so nice. Yeah. We were saying oh, about so having, um, like comedy mentors. So have you got like a little mentor or somebody you turn to, Cap? I know you've got your biscuit barrel friends, haven't you? Yeah, uh, none of them are stand-ups, though. Um, they're all mostly... Well, one of them was stand-up, uh, but, like, not very... Didn't gig up very often. Um, I I don't really... When I was in... When I was in Bristol, originally, I had a friend uh, who I was at a gig with, and I asked him for help sometimes. Johnny was really nice. Um, I recently got close to Vicky, so probably Vicky now. <laughs> but I don't know whether that's like actual material support or whether just emotional support. That's <laughs> <laughs> Vicky Delirious, um, yeah. Yeah, I love Vicky. She's lovely. Uh, but yeah, I don't She's know. I've never really had someone to, I guess, not for material help. Because I guess I've been in education. I've only just finished. So I, in A-level, my drama teacher helped me with if I needed help with material, yeah. like to kind of feedback. And obviously I was at uni for three years. So if I needed feedback, I could get it from lecturers but now i'm like on my own <laughs> it's striking out what about you dan have you got like a, a someone you turn to um i, t- I talked to um i talked to mike and perry quite a lot and christian uh in like um in uh whatsapp groups run, run jokes against each other just basically to see if people have said it before or something close to it um but everyone's so nice dude this is what i mean about the circuit and i'm sure why caprella likes the kind of southeast bit because um you know, even in situations where people do have like a, a, a memory problem or something like this, nobody's nobody's like jeering you. Everyone's so like everyone wants you to do well. Do you know? Yeah. Like, um, so if somebody's heard your joke, like Grant Grant does quite a lot. He says, uh, you know, maybe this way or that way. Jim is always, you know, everyone's so helpful to each other. But um, yeah, it's, no, it's uh, maybe Perry and Mike and Christian mainly in that in that group. But um, yeah, um, everyone's quite nice. Christian's really nice. I've got my Christian. Because he, he, yeah. he was running all of the PM production stuff, wasn't he, in the end? <laughs> mm. Yeah. 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 I no, believe but, uh... Perry's coming back. It was the big news. Perry's heading back to the Dolphin, I think. What was he going to That's the rumour. Well, he's going to drive every day, every... Wait, what day's the Dolphin? Tuesday. Sunday. 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 <laughs> well, he's going to every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But that was the route. Does does Perry drive or? <laughs> I don't know now. Is it weird? Maybe. Or maybe he's just, yeah. uh, maybe he's just come down for the weekend, stays, does it, and then goes back up on a Monday. You know, Perry may probably run yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. He was weird left because he went from running every, hosting pretty much every gig in Portsmouth to nothing. And it was like, oh, this is so weird. Hmm. Yeah, he's um he is sort of talking about doing something because he's at Walton on Thames. We spoke to him. He's up there 
looking at some bits and bobs up there as well. But yeah, they're very, they're still very active. I think there's going to be quite a bit. Are you guys going to the uh, the gig on the first? Um, what's it called? The, um, the one. There's that one next doing down at the East Lee, yeah, um, the Romsey Football Club. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit far away. I, I saw it. I, yeah, so I saw it today. I might go down, dude. Yeah, head I've, down? I've bought my tickets. I bought a little like circle of two. You buy them in sets of two. You buy two, four, or six. I've got two for me and my mate. But um, definitely heading down. What about you, Cap? Will you come over this way for it? Uh, I'm a bit far away, but I'll yeah. have a look. If it's if it's worth the trip, I might try and bring some people along. Because it's a uh, Lee Lee Nelson. I know that's not his real name, yeah. but that was his old stage name. But he's on the bill. He's headlining. That's pretty good. Yeah. How does yeah. how does Simon, Nick Jones Simon get Because he supported Shappy as well, didn't he? Like, how does he get all these gigs? He knows, so, he knows he the was... promoters. I think it's um, he's good friends with. Uh, I can't remember the name of the promotion company. Is that House of Comedy? I think it's called. Um, that's yeah, yeah House yeah. of Comedy. Yeah. Well, good for him. That's Nick knows everybody, it, dude. Nick knows absolutely it. everybody. It's because he's so lovely. Yeah. It's because yeah. he just goes to everyone's exactly. gigs and then takes everyone's photos, and he's just. Always really nice, isn't he? Always nice. He's always got something good to say. Yeah. So I respect him. He's just so yeah. friendly. And, yeah. and his photos, like, he supplies. I was saying to him the other day, like, on Facebook, I'm only friends with um, comedians, and nearly every comedian's profile picture is a picture that Nick has taken. Like, a them on their <laughs> Like, I'll be honest. I don't think he's ever taken a flat iron picture of me. <laughs> but that's my fault, when I'm on stage, I, I pull the most disgusting faces, so it's it's kind of my fault. <laughs> but yeah, like I think especially Biscuit Barrel as well. Like when he takes snaps of me and Biscuit Barrel, it's just it's disgusting. <laughs> like some of them are like remove tag. I don't want to be associated with that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a few of these. I think comedy's like some of that stuff is so like you're so amped up to do it. Your facial expressions when you look after you think I don't remember making that face, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's good well I mean this is like an hour and a half guys I'm happy to uh, carry on talking for ages because I'm off my face and opiates but I imagine you two have got like <laughs> are you still are you still on a drug still yeah yeah I've got so they gave me a week's worth like when I came out and then I've just got a repeat prescription I don't need them but I just like them so <laughs> Craig you you're on record you do you do need them you do need them <laughs> you're gonna have you're gonna have withdrawal when you try and get off of them yeah, well, so the last like set of tablets I'll be taking will be the day before this House of Comedy gig. So if I'll be sat like scratching myself and rocking in the corner, so, like, <laughs> sweating. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're you're being Romsey, mate. You pick up some heroin easily. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. To be fair, most of the better dealers are down that way, so I'll be laughing. <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, I'm still on them, and I've got an alarm on my phone that goes off every four hours. It just it just says take drugs. Every four hours, I'm just feeding it into my system, so it's it's pretty good. I've, I've not really felt much for ages. <laughs> I don't know whether, whether, whether they're to be happy for you or sad for you, mate. That sounded really or, sad. Or I'm pretty jealous. <laughs> all the pain's gone away. You're all right, Craig, aren't you? Like everything's okay, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It is in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like the other day of lockdown. I was like, lockdown would have been the perfect time to do like one big acid trip. <laughs> it was. God. Um, it really. <laughs> <laughs> so much time inside. Like it would have been fun. Like I, I'm not really that kind of person, but like I just, I feel like if you were going to try it, this is the time to try it. <laughs> I would have been well up for it. But I don't care. I would have been a bit pissed off yeah. though. 
Uh, <laughs> what are you? What are you up to, Dan? Just acid again. Yeah. <laughs> just helping me get through. Yeah, day thirty, acid again. <laughs> yeah, just chipping balls, you know the norm. That's <laughs> yeah, it. Like eventually, not taking acid will be the trip. Like, oh, everything's not going all blurry and weird. That that would be. Yeah. Oh, I love this normal stuff. This normal stuff's great, man. <laughs> Well, that's it. I think the, oh, the hard drugs emission will be the um, it will be a nice little exit from the from the podcast. A nice little cap on the podcast, yeah. one could say. Well, I'll we'll see what you like did that. there. Yeah. yeah. See what I did there, Cap. <laughs> see what you did there, baby hands, Dan. <laughs> hey, no, nobody, baby hands, Dan. We're putting it, buddy. We put the kibosh on that straight away. If I was away. better at like editing and stuff, there would be so much shit going out about your tiny little baby hands. <laughs> I might have to just tap Gab up just to do a few little things for us. Oh my god, man! I'm gonna be the new Donald Trump uh, with just with hands, though. <laughs> just with just with the hands. I'm not not everything else. Uh... <laughs> That's funny. Brilliant. Right. Well, I look forward to. Uh taking the mickey out of you massively and the choices of music and uh, bits of podcasts and I'll release it over to that. I might wait until I've dropped a few more of these to hide your coding and I'll just do it all then <laughs> and see how it turns out. Cool. So if there's a load of Pink, Pink Floyd at the beginning, we'll know what's, uh, we'll know what's going on. <laughs> just, yeah, just drop some acid and then just like release a shit ton of marketing around the podcast. Yeah, that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure, yes, guys. Yeah, both of you, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Kat. Thank Dan for hosting with me. No drama, Steve. What a pleasure. Have a nice evening. It's all right. Take, Take care. See you later, Kat. Peace. Bye. Cheers, Sorry. guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. I'm sure you'll agree that was very entertaining, very great guests there. And thank you to our host, uh, Dan Stevens, and the guest, Caprella Hooper. Join us next week where our guest will be the amazingly entertaining and the maniacally enthusiastic Jim Ringe with our guest host yet to be organised and announced but it will be uh, produced soon and pushed out. So please join us next week. Thank you.